Well then, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things that I have always struggled with, personally, but also in what I see as uh, a person, but even as a pastor, is the unbelievable amount of laziness that exists in the church. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're not loving as we are supposed to love. We have received such radical love from God, and we just sit down with it and go, isn't this nice? We're not giving and sacrificing as we have been called to give and sacrifice. Let me emphasize that I am just as guilty as everyone else. We are not letting ourselves be changed or be transformed by the power of God. We are just receiving and and taking as, as selfish children, really, these gifts that God is bringing to us. That's why I want to do this challenge. I got this challenge from best practices about what, Nancy, what, two or three years ago did we get this? Doesn't matter. About two or three years ago, got to meet this guy down in Phoenix and went through the book personally and loved it. We went through it as a staff and loved it. And now I want us to try this as a church because we need to be challenged. Every single one of us needs to be challenged in our faith. Needs, faiths needs to be pushed, needs to be encouraged, needs to be moved, needs to be transformed. Because through this challenge, the only thing that's really going to happen is God is going to bless. And the reason I know that is because this entire challenge is focused on you stopping and saying, I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to grow. I want to be better. I want to be stronger. Because even if you grow in only one tiny little way, you still grow. You still get better. But then the other important part is that in our world and in our society, we individualize, right? We separate ourselves out from everybody else. We just try and go it alone. And in this challenge, we are focusing on doing this together as God's family. We're challenging one another. We're keeping one another accountable with all of this. So often when we, when we do works like this, though, we worry that, about that awful term of works righteousness, that we're trying to earn our way into God's good graces. But we know, as we faithfully read through Scripture, we know that this has already been done for us. You see, this, this cross and empty tomb of Jesus is no idle thing. It's no legend that we have in some ancient book. It is truth. It is life. It is salvation. It is at this point of the cross and empty tomb that we have the beginning of our faith, the foundation of our faith. Because Jesus is here to fulfill all of the promises of God, promises made to a rebellious people so long ago, healing brought to sick and oppressed people, hurt and broken by this world. In my daily devotions, I've been reading about For some reason, it's been popping up about people possessed by demons. Just these these otherworldly, terrifying things that Jesus is here to reverse and make better. And all of this culminates in the cross and in the empty tomb. That we hear this tragic, terrible story, and we call it good. It's Good Friday, 
but yet we leave this church in darkness, some of us with tears in our eyes, because of just how horrible the story is. But it is good because it's not the end. It is good because it is the beginning of so many things. When Christ rises from the grave, it is the beginning of new life. And it is an abundant life that we have all been so wonderfully given. However we have received it, in whatever way the Holy Spirit has worked on us to bring us to faith, many of us through the waters of holy baptism, as Nancy very well put it, we have this new identity as a child of God. Each and every single one of us. I think it's most important to reflect on it through baptism because there's also this baptismal identity that we are now new, that we are now different. As Paul describes it, we drown the old sinful selves and rise to new life. And how appropriate it is that last night we had a baptism and later on this morning we have two more baptisms. As we are focusing on our lives, walking with brothers and sisters that we are bringing to new life, that the Holy Spirit is able to work through us to do this is just astonishing. But in the season of Lent, the reason that this works so well is because Lent is all about righteousness, pushing ourselves to be more righteous, to seize this life of the cross and empty tomb more fully. But Satan and sin are still so hard at work. And laziness is just right in there. And lies seep in there that, give, that even fool you into thinking that you don't have to do anything. I was, it was about uh, 6.30 this morning when I woke up and rolled out of bed and got over to church. But boy, there was that temptation. I don't have, they'll be fine if I don't show up. I can just sleep in. Like, they'll, they'll make it. Somebody will, somebody will step up and do something. It'll be fine, right? There's the lie coming right in there. There's the lie that you, you don't really have to read God's word because you're going to hear it in Sunday. It's all right. You don't have to do it today. I think the, the hard one to wrestle with is how Satan himself uses God's word to tempt us because he did it to Jesus. Right when Jesus is in the desert, he is tempted by Satan, and Satan uses God's word to tempt him. You, have, you've heard, you can throw yourself off here. You've heard it said, the angels will catch you lest you strike your foot against a rock. Right? Quoting right out of the Psalms. He does it to us too. He says right to you, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. This is the gift of God so that no one may boast. It's not of your works. And we say, yeah, that's right. So I don't have to do anything. And the truth of God's word is saying that this is done as a gift for you to have new life. But Satan twists that and turns that into saying, you don't have to live that new life. And so with this foundation of Christ, with this foundation of our baptismal life, our identity as a child of God, we live. We seize this life, not allowing ourselves to be lazy, but to call ourselves out of our sins of laziness and grow. That is what this whole challenge is all about. And truly, that is what the whole church, the whole faith is all about, is growth. It is a transition from death to life, as Paul has described it in our readings today, right? That there was the, the, 
the, the life of the flesh and the life of the Spirit and how things are changed. This is the life of the Spirit that we are now living right here, right now. Because we are gathered together to hear God's Word, to sing these praises. We're doing this together, not by ourselves. You do not worship by yourself. You worship with the family of God, in the body of Christ. When we gather for Bible study, more often than not, it is corporately done together as brothers and sisters. And in this challenge, what I'm hoping will happen is that you will grow together more fully seizing this new life. And especially holding one another accountable. Did you do all your readings? I missed one. feel bad about it. Stuff like that where we're lifting one, one another up and actually challenging each other. So your job then is to read. To read, to actually go through this book, to be challenged the, the one here on forgiving, when we talk about judging others. Matthew 7, where Jesus says, don't tell anybody about that speck that's in their eye when you've got a plank of wood sticking out of your own. And so here the purpose of this challenge today is to find that one sin, that plank in your own eye. Your challenge then is to take these things and actually push yourself. There's going to be a ton of things in here that you aren't going to want to do. But guess what? It wouldn't be a challenge if you wanted to do all of it, right? To challenge yourself means to push yourself into the uncomfortable sorts of things. To push yourself. There's a lot of things in here that you're, you might not really, I don't know about this one, but push yourself. And in this first week of the challenge is the week of being. This who we are. Nancy, again, is much better at these illustrations than I am. You can identify a piece of fruit by what it looks like. You can identify who you are when you look in the mirror. You know what you look like. You know who you are. But what about as a child of God? What does that look like? There's no mirror that we can stand before and say, this is what I look like as a child of God. Well, actually, no. Maybe we should be able to do that as we stand before regular mirrors. But the whole thing about being a child of God is seizing that being, taking hold of it, that, that identity as a baptized child of God, and then living it. And it all starts in the foundation of Christ. We are baptized into what Christ has done, as Paul has so well put it in Romans. That we are baptized into that work. But think of it also like this. An identity... A, a being is, is really more often than not an external thing, something that somebody else has put on you. I know you as this person. You, I have given you this identity. And this is what God has done for us. He has given us this identity. But just because we have this identity, then comes the question of, well, what now? And think about it like with, with all children. When a, a baby is born, they receive the identity of being a son, a daughter, a grandchild. But just because they have received that identity, does that mean that they stop growing? No, they grow more fully in what that means. What it means to obey your parents, to listen to your parents, helps them grow as a child. And that's how I want you to look at this. 
Especially in this week of being, you're going to be challenged in your being of who you are. You're going to be challenged uh, to seize this identity as you are challenged to be in God's word, to be in prayer, to be in worship, to be alone with God, to fast, to be in celebration, and to be at rest. Now, some of these you might be really good at, right? I'm looking around. I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces. You're pretty good at being in worship. But what about prayer? What about reading God's word daily? What about fasting? Turning to God's word, we see a lot of interesting realities of what it means to be a person who belongs to God. And I know this is a bizarre image, but I just have to say, this was the least weird image I could find of this passage from Ezekiel. Because, let's be honest, Ezekiel is a weird book. He eats the scroll. He lives his prophecies. But it really is Ezekiel's great at reflecting on what it means to be. And as we reflect on these things, it's important to see how this relates to the, the life of a human. Because what we consume has great effect on who we are. God wanted Ezekiel to eat this scroll because he wanted it to nourish his body, be a part of who he is. Really, this is how it is with all food, right? Think about it. If you just had pizza, burgers, beer, soda, all those things, and that's all you ever consumed, would you be healthy? No. Not unless you're in your early 20s, because that's just the, the weird, the, the free years that we get, right? But really, when we consume these things, they have great effect on our bodies. That's why you're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables. Have a variety of things that you consume because it more fully supports your body. If you are just in worship, you are not getting fed. If you are just in prayer, you're not getting fed. It is the full buffet that God has set before you to be in worship, to read his word, to participate in prayer, to celebrate as brothers and sisters, to know what it means to just be with God. All of these things together feed you and they change you. If you only eat bad food, you will begin to feel it. It's a hard thing to describe, but you feel it. And you're, oh, I don't feel so good. I had too many hamburgers today, right? It doesn't sit well with you. But yet, when you have a good meal, you feel it. You feel great after it. And this is how it is with consuming, that's a weird way of saying it, but consuming your being in God. To take all of these things in, you will notice it. And it's one of those things that's very hard to explain and define, but you feel it. And what's interesting is other people notice it too. And then as we reflect on the words of Paul from today, it's, it's this life that we then live. It's, it's what we have been, have, I've been saying this entire time, and taking that more fully. Paul talks about our identity in him. Paul elsewhere talks about our identity in the baptismal life that we have been given. And you know, as I was thinking about it, so much of this is so simple. Right? The gospel message is a simple sentence of Jesus has died and risen for you. It's just a simple sentence, but to us who are being saved, it has eternal consequences. Here at the baptismal font, 
You have a sinful, broken man who is taking some tap water, who is saying some words, and pouring it over the head of a child or an adult. And to anyone who is not being saved, it looks weird. And it has zero meaning. But to those of us who are being saved, it is eternal. It is a new life that we are being given by God. It has such great consequences because we now have our being in Jesus. But that being in Jesus is not easy. And if you think it's going to be easy, there's another lie of the devil right there. Because as Christ says himself, you have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross. You have to follow him. We as Americans don't like to be followers. We as people don't like to deny ourselves. And why in the world would you ever want to take up the cross, which is an instrument of torture and death? But to have your being in Jesus, you willingly do all these things. You give up who you are to receive this new identity. You deny yourself. And in the daily life of a Christian, you deny yourself in all of these ways. You deny yourself when you take up God's word and spend your time in God's word. You could be watching TV, but no, you are reading God's word. You are giving up of yourself right now to be in worship. You could be doing so many other things. There are, there are great breakfast places here in Faribault, and you could be out there just having a great meal, but you are here in worship. You could, you could be fasting. That is a great denial of self. Or you are stopping and denying yourself of either food or something else and saying, God, I am relying more on you as I am denying this for myself. You are denying all of these things so that you can more fully take hold of this being in Jesus. That's what all of this challenge is about. I keep using the word seize because I want you to take such a strong hold of this and that you would never let it go. And if you are not living this baptismal identity, this new life that you've been given, go to the cross and leave that guilt and shame there because that is the purpose of the cross. And walk away as a new child of God knowing your redemption and grow and change and be better. And if you're already doing it now, as I know many of you are, do it more fully. Challenge yourself to grow. But always grab onto this and hold on to it for dear life because it is for the sake of life that all of this is happening. Find where you need to grow and grow. But then also rely and share with one another. Ask those questions. What did you read in God's word today? Give honest answers. I forgot today. You're right. I'll make sure to go home and do that this afternoon. How can I pray for you today? Here's the next step. Actually pray for them. Right? Not just, not just a, a nice thing to say. How can I pray for you? But actually stop and pray for them. How'd your fast go? Did you, how'd you feel during that time? Stomach kind of hurt? Make things kind of difficult? Where was God at in worship today? Where did you hear him speaking right to you? Because it's through all of these, thring, through all these things all together 
we become children of God more and more and more fully. Seizing onto this identity given to us by God and then working with one another to grow the body of Christ. And it's my hope and my prayer that you will do this. My hope and my prayer that this will challenge you and will grow you. My hope and my prayer that you will join together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.